0: We had great situational hits as a team, and I think that was a big part of us moving on and getting into the World Series. I like to say, you know, like the first 30 games, uh, you'll see the league balance out. When we get there, you know, we'll know more about our team and, you know, like we'll know what we really need to do. I've seen the inside of the clubhouse, how these guys get along together, the the coaching staff, the manager. It's a well-oiled machine as far as uh, continuity. There's no easy games in baseball, but we have teams that we should play very well against. Good morning, everybody. Speaking of sports, the first daily show. I got a lot to say and only 15 minutes to do it. This is Chuck Ribley, high atop the west side of Cherry Hill, and I do mean high atop the third floor of the one-on-one park. Anyway, let's get to baseball. Uh, Another tough loss, 5-3. When you reconstruct these uh, one, two, maybe three-run loss games, There are so many ways, and I used to do this as a coach all the time. It would be two hours in a scorebook, and someone would say, what are you looking at? And You'd be looking at the walk, okay, that would have forced in a run. You'd be looking at a great catch against you that if they don't make it, you score two, and you almost look at every at-bat. And really, when you you reconstruct a game, that's exactly what you're doing. And when you lose 5-3 last night, There are so many places to look, but I only got 15 minutes to do it. Let's get it. Uh, What's what's the top thing? Well, the top thing is we have runners on the third, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the ninth, and what do they all have in common? K, 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 K. The team is absolutely – there's something about the hitters, the good hitters, Turner, Stott, I don't care who it is, when there's two puppies on base – we get the strikeout. It's unbelievable. It, it, it's and they change their approach. They're all of a sudden swinging out of the strike zone. Yeah, they maybe pitch more competitively in those situations, but striking out with runners in scoring position is, is just unbelievable. But I look beyond that because I, I won't stop being bothered so much by this incorrect lineup. I would give. All I'm worth, and that may not be much, to meet the coach today anywhere and say, just justify your lineup because it's been wrong all year. It'll be wrong all year as long as you keep Schwarber up. And I know that's you know, my pet peeve and all that, but when you've got the 300 hitters that we've got and you're not stacking them, and you've got you know bomb and, and and even Sosa right now and Marsh, these guys are averaging 315. Between them, you got them at the bottom of the lineup, and you got a a soft turner right now, so he's in a slump. Sometimes in a slump, you drop a guy down until he finds himself, gets hot, and you move him back up. There's been great managers that move lineups around to stack the offensive production guys. It's common. For 100 years, it's very common, and we seem to be locked in analytics, I guess, because I don't think Skip would tell me that this is the best lineup to win. Because by the time Chorber hits a home run that's meaningful, it may be tonight, it may be in nine games from now, so what if you've lost three, four, five games in the interim where he killed a rally or had another 0-3, 0-4 with strikeouts and did advanced runners? Now, typically, I would say, and also kill you on defense in left field, but he wasn't in left field last night. Uh, but he, he just... he. Just annihilates this lineup in that three spot, and it bothers me tremendously when you have other. If the, if the rest of the team's not hitting, and and pretty much it's it's the lesser of all evils. Okay, he's got the home run potential. Put him up there, but you got guys that you know batting three fifty and stuff like that at the bottom of the lineup. It makes absolutely no sense. It's unprecedented. You won't find it. So look at your box scores, and and you will not see the situation where you got three hundred hitters down below and you got a guy that, that is weak. As it bothers me tremendously why this team can't hit with runners on base. I think they're 18th in baseball. That, that was something that was prevalent last year. And, and the year before that, um, it's just something that we're, we seem to be stuck with. The other thing is, you know, how they play the game. You had situations, uh, last night, uh, where they could advance runners, they strike out. Uh, they're getting picked off base. Uh, Marsh last night almost gets picked off three times on one tag. Miraculously, he got around that only to get picked off on a line drive, which which can't happen. Uh, the, the Phillies running the bases right now is pathetic. And uh, the line drive, you're on first. Kids, you got to watch it through the infield. There's a natural instinct to take off. You can't. You got to wait. There were some other things I picked up last night, and maybe, again, when you when you deconstruct a game, the play by France in the uh, six with bases loaded, not only an unbelievable defensive play, but if you look at the positioning of France, uh, and I'd love to be able to show it to you, but he's nowhere close to first base. Uh, he's a good 15, 20 feet off the bag, perfectly positioned, but then he's got to field a bullet and he does that. And he has the presence of mind to throw, get the ball to second. The, the shortstop was, was frustrated because he wanted to turn a double play, but the pitcher didn't cover first. And you could see his reaction to that. They darn near pulled a double play on, on that seed that was hit. Uh, and, that's what bases loaded. So that's when you – that's a 5-5 game. So another opportunity. Uh, I also want to make note, if you're watching the game on TV or not, but there's a play last night by Stott that uh, they did cover in the post game, and I was kind of disappointed because I wanted to bring it up today, maybe for the first time. The triple that hits uh, high off the right field fence – I didn't even know we had a section of fence out there it was that high, and bounces back almost to the infield. That's inside the park home run ball when you see it off the fence. Center fielder doesn't have a chance. He's got to run a mile. And starts out there deeper than you will see a second baseman ordinarily. It's always fun when you watch a game to replay a defensive play where somebody's hustling and uh, – that's how into the game they are, playing the game, smart, aggressive, hustle. And you stop it, and you, and you frame it, and you show it to people, and go, wow, that's unbelievable. What the, what, what's he doing there? I mean, Stott is out in deep right field where the ball ricochets, you know, holds the, the, the hitter to a, to a triple. Uh, otherwise, that's an inside of arm run. Just outstanding hustle, now, that's the kind of player he is. I think he's stone-cold legit for real. As, uh, as 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 is as Skipper would say, I think both those guys and maybe Marsh and maybe Castellanos are for real. And I'll tell you what: what does that do to the offense when you get Harper back? If those four guys, you know, you weren't sure what you're going to get this year from the four of them, if they stay 285 and above, that's the over under I set. You know, it's the run production will get get the five when you get Harper back, no doubt about it. I thought one of the cool things last night also, and of course I'm not doing this in a particular priority top down, but I thought it was pretty cool last night after they had a a replay of the triple. uh, Was it a home run or not because it hit so high up on the fence and the home plate ump forgot to uh, turn his mic off. I'm talking to my production guy today, Chad, and he was at the game. You guys did pick up on that at the game. So, Bud, the umpire forgets to turn his mic off. And then the next pitch to the Seattle batter was uh, a curve that won 12-6 type of thing. And he called it a strike. And the batter uh, steps out, to question the call, and he's got his mic on. He says, no, no, you looked up. You looked up too soon. You looked up too fast. In other words, you didn't stay with the pitch. That pitch was a strike. And it was where it was caught, but there was some question about, you know, was it too high coming through the zone? But he had his mic on the whole time, and everybody had the same thought. If you're watching the Phillies game last night and and you saw that, how cool would it be if we had the home plate umpire mic'd up? Because what the fans don't realize and what this show is going to attempt to do once I get loose and into the field things, I'm a little bit all over the place today. First copy, I'll get better, but... What I want to bring each each day is something you may have missed, or something that we can underscore, accentuate to the part of the game that doesn't get talked about much. Just imagine if the home plate umpire are miked up during the game, the banter back and forth they have with catchers. If a, if the catcher gets nicked on a ball that bounces and gets some some parts of the body, uh, I won't mention where the umpire will will delay the game, and a lot of the fans won't even notice it. He'll just get out. From his position, he'll walk in front of the plate, dust the plate off, just you know, by the catcher, you know, thirty seconds, something like that, the time that he needs to to recoup. Uh, but if the umpires were mic'd up at home plate, and I, you know, when MLB thinks about what they can do, because they've done a lot of great, the rule changes this year. I want to get started on that, man. Dear, is it baseball is so fun to watch, and you don't feel any delays. It just, it's just moving. It's moving at a pace where you're you're. You're never bored. There's always action, and and what you've noticed uh, as I move totally away from the home plate the umpire being Mike, that was my point. But what you notice now are the pitchers. This is this is kind of crazy because you thought the pitchers would struggle with the clock, right? So the pitchers are pitching ahead of the clock. They're releasing the ball often. I'm watching eight, seven, six seconds. So you think you look at the time frame, and you thought things should be rushed but the pitchers are pitching well ahead of zero. Uh, so the, so you're stealing more time. So when you do the fret, well, which just why we're saving a half hour. But, I mean, between the base stealing, uh, the larger bags are coming into play. Actually, a couple of things over the weekend where the larger bags made the difference. Just all, all the rule changes are terrific. Don't forget the year before that. We got rid of the uh, atrocity of a pitcher, a major league pitcher, batting with the, I think the ad, collective average back at the time was 113, you know, with, with 75% strikeouts. So that's always fun to watch. So between the DH and the rule changes this year, baseball has, has reacted. But now I'll go back and make that point about the mic. Just imagine now you had the home plate uh, umpire. What's Marsh thinking? He's on first base. Uh, he, he gets back to first and it looks miraculous because the first baseman's got the ball, and he has seven places to tag him. And all he's really got to do is just bring the glove down to the bag. Because even though it's a larger bag, it's next to impossible to reach back to the bag if the glove's on top of the bag. He doesn't do that. He 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 kind of reaches for the body and, and misses him in a few spots. They do the replay, and Marsh, you know, lives to to, to for another pitch. Only to get picked off. On, I think, the next pitch of line drive that you got to watch go through the infield. And the Phillies base running blunders this year, he just another area you just check off as patently uh, unacceptable. Uh, Now, for all of his hustle, here's a play you picked up last night watching the game, and your, your metal clock said he should be at second. Now, don't tell me it didn't. Stott hits the ball in the seventh, uh, two outs, hard grounder to the first. Uh, and the same guy that made the uh, amazing play, France, it kind of trickles under his glove. I guess it rolls 25 feet, uh, give or take. Wiz, do you remember the play? Yes. Stott's got to be on second on that ball with two outs. Absolutely, positively, Wiz, shaking his head yes, and he's not. And they don't show it to you, but I'll, I'm here to tell you what happened. What Left-handed. Uh, batter hits a seed right at the first baseman and he his shoulders come up. Oh, man, he made a great play. Oh, it, it he didn't. The ball's rolling out to the outfield. He's got to start running again. So you don't completely stop, but you three-quarter stop, if you will. And once those shoulders come all the way up, you got to get back into a run at sprint speed, and that costs you. And that's why, and, you know, listen, we know the guy hustles. Look at the play you made out there. Uh, that are articulated, but in that instance, not so much. Ball rolls out 25 feet past the first baseman. Second baseman for Seattle did a great job anticipating and got there fairly quick. But when you're watching that play unfold, your mind saying there's going to be a bang-bang play at second, and there isn't one. Did the game announcers pick up? Uh, does the producer show you the replay of Stutt out of the box? No, not at all. And you love to see that because you know that's why he's not at second base. Once again, we're talking about the little things here that don't make it to the paper. One meaning minute. This is crazy. It can't be one minute. 15 Don't tell me 15. You are kidding me. Oh, Jesus. All right, I'm going to make the, 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 the patches at Bud, that guy's day. Two unbelievable plays out in left field. Schwerber doesn't come close to either one. He saves a triple, uh, maybe two triples, and then when you reconstruct the game, what would that have meant? There's your defense. Why is Sosa bunting in the, in the ninth? We got a runner on, and he's trying to put a bunt down. He's batting over 300. I don't get that at all. Uh, the Seattle brings this guy in, Seawald. He's throwing 94, but he has the appearance of throwing 104. He drops down and comes back up with that kind of uh, wristy thing and boy he look he looked really filthy. Um two for seven with runners in scoring position and uh once again defensively hurting ourselves. Top of the order one for eleven. What's happened to Turner? We warned you uh that you know last year his OPS dropped now he's under eight um and he's struggling, man. He's struggling struggling mightily. So let's see keep an eye on Turner. Uh, attendance last night forty two thousand, very impressive time of game two minutes 38 seconds and i cannot believe we are out of time so that's your first daily show i have about 12 more things that i wrote down how many things can happen in a non-inning baseball game in two hours and 38 minutes to talk about that were not obvious well i got like 10 to 12 more things uh, interesting But I'm sure tonight's game will give me a whole bunch more. So uh, that's it for the first daily show. Have a great day. God bless. Good health. And uh, that's a wrap. We'll see you tomorrow.